Hello and welcome to Wake Up Our Faith, the show where passion, purpose, and dreaming big challenge common sense. We like to think of it as a conversation to shed light on the upside of upside down living. Matt Ham today with a spry Kevin Adams, and we are ready to rock and roll. Uh, happy Wednesday. We go live on Wednesday. If you're listening on the Big Talker, we're airing on Saturdays and Sundays. So wherever you are, whatever day it is, happy day. Happy day. Happy day. Thanks, Joe Catanacci in studio for producing for us today. Kevin and I are the co-founders of Uprint, faith and personal development, as well as our innovative charitable movement known as the Life Center. We've been talking recently as well about our new uh, launch and organization, the Fearless Trading Company. There'll be more on that today as well. Uh, thank you guys for listening wherever you are. And uh, today's title, Kevin, is Faith is Your Wealth. Your Faith is Your Wealth. Um, the title is Your Wealth is Your Faith. Okay. <laughs> I had it backwards. We can fix That's that. okay. Post. <clears throat> well, people think about wealth a lot more than they do faith. And you can say you don't, but probably if you think about <clears throat> you, you, you actually drill down into what you're thinking about at any given moment, um, it's most likely going to be, it, it, out of those two, the, uh, the the former right so, or, 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 so your wealth is your faith that's the title and, and that's fine it's no big no big deal but that, that it's really important to, to dig into that well again like you said when people are say hey I'll give you wealth or give you faith which one do you choose <laughs> most people would say give me the wealth right and and that's that sh- short-sighted and <laughs> dishonoring to God well, now the show is over <laughs> we've talked about it. Uh, no, that's the question. Yeah. No, that's the real question. Uh, and uh, we got a lot of stuff to get into. I'm just teasing you. But uh, the, uh, the idea, you, you know, is people don't understand true wealth. Mm. And they gravitate to it. Uh, uh, so we want to redefine that, uh, or as your book is, so aptly titled Redefine Rich, um, it's the same idea, but uh, and we want to get into this because right now, in my view, people that have true faith are the wealthiest people on the planet. Mm. So think about that, and that's where this is coming from. Mm. So, you know, then you can decide which one you choose, and uh, that that's kind of the premise of this show. My brain's running down all kinds of trails right now, so I'm just going to be quiet and let you lead the way because I get excited. I get all kinds of stuff going on and the wealth of the wicked laid up for the just and the restoring of the cities and Isaiah. And So anyway, yeah, go ahead. Well, preach, man. No, no, no. I think that, um, you know, we've got to, um, we've got to have this uh, idea. Uh, we've got to dig into this idea that uh, what, what is, what's your life about? What are you going for? Um, what's the most important thing to you? And I think the word faith is, uh, uh, we, we want to, we want to break down how that, uh, comes. How, how does that develop? How do you step into that? Because if that's your wealth and it's just something you're, you know, doing here and there or on Sundays or, you know, I think the world's kind of over that part of it now, but, uh, I mean, <laughs> you're either all in or you're not, hopefully. Um, but, uh, if you're sitting on the sideline, then you're, you're, you know, lost in obscurity. But uh, if you uh, claim to have faith, then that is the thing that that you're you're going after. So 
we need to look at why that is your true wealth. And, uh, you know, that that's really what I'm digging into. But, yeah. Uh, we can, you know, talk through it. I got a pages full of notes, so I, I will talk for two hours if you want. Well, fire away. I don't have anything on the prompting of my heart right now, so <laughs> let's introduce an initial concept, and then we'll see what stirs up in my brain. Okay. <laughs> well, it, again, um, <clears throat> you, you have to right now look at the world stage, look at all the things going on around us, and I think it's good to go ahead and, and dig into some of the things in our own state. Uh, and feel free to, to jump in here. But, um, you know, I, I want to make sure and say this correctly that because uh, I, I talk about our governor here and there, and I call him different names. But today I'm going to call him a criminal, and uh, he's just a bad dude. And, and I believe that. And, you know, if people don't like it, that's too bad. But even if you don't believe that, he, he's terrible uh, for your freedom. So if you do believe that, then, uh, you know, dig into that a little bit. But it, it, let's just go through a few things here. Now, this is setting the stage for, for why your faith is your wealth, right? Um, <clears throat> North Carolina is the worst state to work in in America. It, it's the worst to protect uh, workers' rights. It's a beautiful place. I, I mean, it's home to me, right? I like being here. But it, it needs a lot of help. It is the only southern state, real, true southern. I don't count Virginia as southern. It is the only southern state to not stand up to this vaccine mandate thing from, you know, a jackass president, whatever he is, installed fake president. And, you know, this guy uh, has contributions from George Soros, uh, and he recently vetoed a bill that would uh, block the critical race theory. Now, I don't talk about all this stuff. Joe does, uh, or y'all do, or whatever, uh, in different circles. I'm saying this with context uh, to get back to faith. Because if you look at all that, you go, man, this is terrible. We're a, we're a red state with a blue helmet on. I mean, it's terrible, right? It, it's like we've, we've got this... Uh, whole stranglehold uh, from from this guy who I don't believe he was rightfully elected. That's my belief, my opinion, and uh, we'll find out eventually. But he's wrapped up in all this stuff, and he's going under the radar. Well, you see these other ones out there that are, you know, on the world stage, and, you know, you, you can tell that they're not going to last much longer. Uh, even Newsom. Uh, this, I think this is something that will eventually be shown i mean trump said what a week ago this is rigged he, he told us what was going to happen and there it is right so that's going to be okay eventually but when you look at all that you look at this vaccine thing which is not a vaccine you look at what's in it i mean it's terrible it's killing people um you know it's got rna modifying nanotechnology spike protein that creates a multi-system uh inflammatory disease it is not good and i know we love people that have had this um, doesn't change the truth about it, um, which will be seen. So this is terrible. All of this, um, uh, you know, it has graphene oxide in it, uh, which is an electromagnetic self-replicating uh, nanotechnology. This is all in this thing, and it's been tested by at least four independent labs. 
So these are just facts. What I'm saying is, if we believe in mankind and humanism, this is where it's led to. Um, I had somebody uh, yesterday asking me, you know, when when I work with you or give to your organization, which you're getting both, right? You're getting our time, our teaching, all of that, my time, <clears throat> and uh, you're getting uh, to donate like you would to a church. But your pastor isn't going to call you up and spend hours with you. Uh, so... <clears throat> It, you know, it, it, it's it, just think about this. People are so focused on how do I preserve my life? How do I preserve my money? How do I preserve uh, what people think of me? Those fears. And so, you know, when you even you look at the FDA, right, that this is this is all stuff that needs to be talked about a little bit in the context of faith. But. This thing, it, 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 it's so double-speaky, it's so jacked up that people think it's been approved, and it hasn't. Um, the thing that is approved isn't on the market and won't be for a while. It's called Comernity or Comernati or something like that from Pfizer. So, but, but so many people are just assuming that, you know, because it's all wrapped up in this satanic, uh, you know, deep state, it's a mess. I mean, all of this stuff is, is they're all connected, all these people. So we don't talk about this a lot, but I just, again, I feel like I'm kind of sitting out here by myself, but uh, <clears throat> this stuff is so vitally important to look at it for what it is. I mean, it's a horrible system, and it is collapsing, okay? Another fact, uh, this remdesivir, guess who patented that? George Soros, right? That is amazing to me. That stuff is killing people. We know that. These are modern-day gas chambers. This sounds like stuff that's probably been talked about a lot because I don't talk about it a lot, but I'm extremely well aware of it. I'm way on the edge of it. I don't talk about it a lot. I'm just doing it today to say, you know, you know, Holly and I have had ivermectin. We've got a pretty good bit of it. We've had it for uh, going on uh, eight or nine months. So we know... We could see this coming. So uh, this is not me catching up. I've never touched a mask. So, you know, you, you know that. But so what I'm doing is laying, it, laying the, the stage for all this stuff. But, but what I was going to say a few minutes ago about, uh, you know, um, a good, good dude, he was asking me about, well, how do I, you know, help my wife understand that this is a, like a tithe or a donation, um, the, the mentoring part of it. And I said, well, is what you're doing working? Is it working right now? The divorce rate is between 65 and 70%. People are, uh, are one, uh, one drug, uh, it's, it's, it's right around 70%. Uh, you know, it goes, it graduates down to people on four, three, two, one, but uh, it's about the same as the divorce rate. That's how many people are at least on one uh, medication. It, it's crazy, right? It's, it's just insane. So, um, it just goes on and on and on, uh, but this stuff, uh, uh, remdesivir, is, it's, it causes renal failure. Uh, it, it's just horrible, and it, uh, I wrote down something earlier. It's, it, it doesn't reduce mortality. Uh, it extends hospital stay. It's 3200 bucks. Ivermectin is pennies, or whatever you get. I mean, you can, it's better to 
you know, they're, they're, to look at your options. But there's a lot more people out there talking about it now, and that's great. I'm I'm excited about it. So, uh, but um, <clears throat> that uh, more people have died from that stuff. And uh, I know your your cousin stayed away from there. Mm-hmm. Thank God he was smart enough to do that. Had enough wisdom. Uh, good job, Trey. I'm glad he's feeling better. By yeah. the way, but that's uh, um, it, 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 these things are just appalling, right? More people have died from that in one month uh, than 47 years of ivermectin. So all of this stuff uh, it just goes on and on and on and on. Uh, the, you know, this PCR test, it says it doesn't detect, you know, this stuff. Uh, on the mask box from these Chinese masks, it doesn't work. It doesn't help, right? So these people just continue to lie and lie and lie and lie and lie, and they're all connected. And they're in these governmental uh, hotspots and, and influential uh, power uh, positions. But what I'm saying is, and all that, and all my... Uh, you know, just uh, ranting here. This is about what is your true wealth? Because in this world, uh, money, uh, you know, taxes, inflation, all of it, uh, shortages, all of it, most of it's fear tactics in my view, um, will be fine. But still, fear causes people to react, and um, it, it creates a health crisis. So when you when you go through this process and you really look at what this is, and I came in here, I saw only one person with a mask on, and I was really excited. But what I wondered was, because there used to be everybody in hundreds, I, what I wondered is what's different now than two months ago or eight months ago? Well, what's different? What, what is your thinking? So maybe people are waking up to it. But uh, in the context of your wealth is your faith. Um, you have to really take this moment and thank God that he's collapsing this termite-ridden house that looks like America and or even the Western world. And what he's doing, though, is he's, he's looking at the property and saying, guys, this is beachfront property and it's all yours. So that's what we are facing. That's why I continue to say, get excited, get your hopes up. This is good. You're getting to see under this thing. Thank God that he's done this. So there's my rant, but your wealth is your faith. In order to go through this now in this last year or two, and then whatever little bit we have remaining, and then rebuilding, you have to have faith. If you don't, and you're just relying upon your, your, your money, um, you, know, you'll, you won't survive it. You know, and again, you've said a lot, and my, my heart was just saying, give you the space to kind of pour out everything God put on your heart to say. And so um, you certainly have done more research than I have. Um, and so I honor that and, and agree from my spirit that those things that are being said are true and and, and know that. Um, the thing that's interesting to me um, is you really find out what someone is made of when you attack the thing they value most. So you attack their family, their kids, right? You attack their their financial well-being, right? You find out what they're made of. And so when you have an institution like medicine 
that is highly built upon all of these different services it provides for people and uh, drug companies and how they get paid and all this kind of stuff. I mean, we know hospitals are big organizations. There's a lot of people on those payrolls that all filters out to these conglomerate folks that own this stuff, who have shares in this company, this medical company. And hey, my buddy Jim's on the board over here, so we're going to get this medicine approved over here, and it costs this much money. We're going to get the insurance companies to pay for it. Oh, by the way, insurance is now part of the government through Obamacare and there's you know all this kind of stuff when you see all of these kind of interconnected things mm-hmm. right that their tentacles are all tied together when you start to wonder why the heck would they push these agendas so much when it comes to um you know the 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 intubation situation or using remdesivir or you know we even have someone from our own hospital system on camera who said we need to scare the public and tell them they're going to die if they don't get vaccinated right. why would they do that in my heart of hearts i'm saying you are protecting the thing you're terrified of losing and that is your money and that is your power and and that is just the natural conclusion when i look out and see all this stuff mm-hmm. that's what people are so afraid of losing right. because it's this fear of the unknown if i don't have my six figure income and you know my my board of trustees and my 401k's and the authority to kind of like move the chessboard around then who am i so ultimately, this is people who don't know who they are without their money or power right. clamoring to hold on mm-hmm. to these old systems. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, uh, you know, <clears throat> I, I'm stuttering around through this cut because I'm not passionate about it. I don't give one crap about all this stuff because I know God's taking care of it. That's the easy answer. Um, you're, you're smooth with how you're talking about it. I appreciate that. I mean, it's a good thing. It's a compliment. So... Just listen to what Matt said. Forget what I said. But when it comes to faith, listen up. You know, this is serious business. One other thing I wanted to say, uh, I want to just get this out there. Because most people are probably not thinking about this. Uh, We all have loved ones who have taken this thing, uh, one, two, three, four, whatever. Uh, You know, it's insanity, if you ask me. (laughs) But... um, you you really got to it doesn't it, it doesn't mean it, it, we're not separating families but I'm gonna tell you you know y- y- if you are not vaccinated and you have people in your life that are um, stay away from from uh, taking their blood and you know I, look get a group together of your blood type or a O donor and and form your own little group. Because you do not want blood from people who have had this put in their bodies, and and let's let's just pray for those people. Uh, you know we don't know the out- outcome of this thing, but it's not good on any level. And the more you keep taking this crap, the more uh, you are killing your immune system. It is happening. Watch the show later. You know, go back to it. I sound stupid right now, but not anymore so much. There's a lot of people now saying this stuff. So. I'm just saying, get a group together, find out who's got your blood type, because the Red Cross, I believe, they have changed it. They weren't taking vaccinated blood, but they are now. Hmm. That's what I've heard. I don't know if, I haven't confirmed that, but if that's true, um, you need to find, you know, eight, ten people who you can give blood to and who will give blood to you who have not put this stuff in their bodies. And it does, it's not about shaming the people who have. 
bless their hearts, right? Most of them have done it out of fear and trust of medicine. But whatever the case, you know, <laughs> none of that stuff is what God has given us. And um, it, it's, I mean, we could go all day and debate it, but we're not going to do that. We're going to get back to faith. I just wanted to say that about the blood because uh, I've heard no one talking about this. And mm. uh, it's been pretty big on my heart lately. And, you know, you've got your own people, but if they've got that in them, do not take their blood. Mm. You know, I'm thinking too about this whole idea of just the shifting of of every institution. I mean, I remember a couple years ago on our show, uh, we had a doctor on who basically started his own kind of subscription practice. Right. So he stepped outside of the traditional medical community. Right. It was more holistic focused, you know, it was mm -hmm. a family subscription. You've seen more of that emerge, you know, and in this environment, all of a sudden, you know, uh, medical uh, directors and so forth are trying to suspend people's licenses and yeah. all this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, so then you look at churches and you look at institutional churches in a whole, well, if you don't abide by this, you know, then all of a sudden you split off and, you know, you look at these big businesses now and they're trying to propose these mandates and all this kind of stuff. And oh, guess what? All these people are going to be leaving and flooding right. these big businesses. So I think the heart in this is to say, step back and get over your own, you know, kind of understanding and your own emotion and your own, and just look at a second, look for a second at how every single major institution is shifting and changing. And, and again, I always think right. back to like, the first guy who said something about airplanes or cars. I mean, I remember reading an article in some newspaper from 1895 where horseback riders were complaining about people in cars, you know, because they wanted to hang on to this system that was just right. dying away. And so, you know, you read it now and it looks stupid because you're like, why didn't they just see what was right. happening? And so we're at that moment of history in this shift and just be willing to allow the Spirit of God to speak to you about this shift. Yeah, that's for sure. It, it, you know, I look. I came here with no friends, and if I leave with no friends, that's that's great, as long as I speak truth, and I don't speak things that I don't believe. So, this stuff has been this is this is all backed up by real doctors, real, and a lot of godly people who aren't afraid to stand up and say this stuff. And you're right; they've you know they've been crushed. But all this is getting ready to change. That's the, that's the part that I wanted to get to. This, we need to get our hopes up. We need to trust that God has given us a good future, not just quoting Scripture, but there's reasoning behind all this. So it's not the end, it's the beginning. It's not the end, it's the beginning. But it's, it's, it's all of the things that have to lead up to something new. And, um, and I think that's the message that is... Uh, God's giving us right now. So you can either get your hopes up, and you should, and get excited and know that you were born now for a reason. You were in this place for a, a, an incredible opportunity. Or you can just worry and live in fear and go back down that path, and your wealth can be your money or your job or whatever source that isn't God. Um, you know, that, that's the point, all right? So I want to get into, uh, you know, depending on our time. Uh, uh, yeah, we got like five minutes, I think, to break. <clears throat> okay. Um, remember that, you know, here's a, here's a thought. If you're going to build a skyscraper, what's the first thing you got to do? You got to dig a hole. Yep. So people's eyes are on the top of the skyscraper with the, the vision of it. Yeah, that's fantastic. They want to go up. And what God's saying is, 
you got to go down. You got to dig a hole. And only from the bottom of a hole can you see that all good things come from above. So it is so good to go down when God's taking you up because it refines everything. It, it flattens, it clears out all the crap. So however you want to look at that, um, it purifies. Um, you can call it drain the swamp or whatever. You know, we were talking about that a few years ago. Well, God's doing all that. Jubilee was uh, in 2016, right at the end of it, it ended. So that was the start of something new. And, uh, you know, it's been going on, so it's good. But, but the part that, that is about faith uh, is your foundation. Is, it means that you're doing things that don't make sense to your natural mind. It doesn't mean go be reckless. It means begin to go after that. That is your wealth. So how does that happen? And uh, what does that look like? You know, what, how does it unfold? How do you become uh, faithful? And that's the real question. And I think a lot of people are, but they want to grow. You know, so, you know, the kind of the beginning question of the show was, um, you know, would you rather grow your faith or your wealth? And uh, if you have to choose between the two, what would you rather have or grow? And so, you know, you said it a different way, but I came in here with that in mind, that that is the real question here. Mm. It's not about being poor. That's silly. I mean, who yeah. wants to be poor? God doesn't want that. It's not about that. <clears throat> it's about learning what matters most and going after that. So the only thing left to talk about is how does that work? Mm-hmm. What are the steps or the what's the idea? What's the flow, the game plan? All of that kind of stuff. And that's that's really where my wheelhouse is. But the rest of this stuff's just facts. But I wanted to say it. Yeah. Hey, man. <laughs> it's our show. We say it. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Um, we're going to take a short break, guys. Back for the second half of Wake Up Our Faith right after this. Hello, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Wake Up Our Faith. Uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in, being a part of the show. want to recognize our corporate partners up and make this show possible. One of them being Chris Hutchins at Guaranteed Rate Mortgage. More than 30 years experience in the mortgage business right here in Wilmington, North Carolina. Give them a call, 910-344-0304. Also, PT Services of Wilmington. That's ptservicesofwilmington.com on the web. Family owned and operated since 1983, 910-344. 763-8286. Also, Century 21 Swoyer & Associates. They're the Carolina's largest, most successful Century 21 agency, family-owned and operated for 30 years. Give them a call if you're looking to get into the real estate business or if you look to buy or sell a home, 910-256-0021. Also, the Rising Tide Real Estate Team. This is a full-service real estate team out of the Intracoastal office representing buyers and sellers. 910-620-7177. Dr. Chad Biggerstaff, 
with Blue Wave Dentistry. They're located at the entrance to um, Brunswick Forest. They offer comprehensive personal dental care. 910-383-2615. Dr. Greg Veeman of Seacoast Skin Surgery. He also has a great ministry called Everlasting Strength. You can check him out on the web, everlastingstrength.org, or give him a call, 910-256-2100. Freeman Landscaping is the Eastern North Carolina's largest family-owned or privately-owned residential and uh, commercial landscaping and irrigation firm. Make sure to call Freeman Landscaping for all of your landscaping needs, 910-796-1166. Also, our good friend Christopher Riley at Cap Trust Wilmington. They're in the business of enriching the lives of clients and families through sound financial advice. Chris and his team there have been in the long-term financial planning business for years. I highly recommend that you give them a call if you have any needs in that regard. Also, too, if you're buying a home or if it's time to revisit your insurance needs, give TJ Dunn with Sheely Insurance a call. It's an independent agency, which means they can quote and compare a variety of companies to make sure you get the right coverage at the best rate. Check them out online, SheelyInsurance.com, or call TJ at 910-408-0300. Many thanks to all of our corporate partners. Now back to Wake Up Our Faith. Hello, welcome back to Wake Up Our Faith. Matt Ham, Kevin Adams in studio today. Uh, you can check us out on the web, uprint.life, Y-O-U-P-R-I-N-T dot L-I-F-E to learn more about our faith, the personal development organization, as well as our nonprofit entity, the Life Center, also the Fearless Trading Company, um, our new coffee and apparel line that we'll be talking about a little bit later in the show. Uh, today's show title is Your Wealth is Your Faith. I'm kind of unpacking the idea that uh, the greater thing of the two is always faith. And if we, as followers of Jesus, professors of faith, if we are not choosing to grow our faith and instead growing our wealth, then we have to really question the choices that we're making and what they are rooted in, possibly fear, possibly uh, disillusionment or indoctrination to old systems and old patterns. And we have a responsibility to use what God has given us to do the proper research, to be teachable, to be willing to learn and listen to truth and seek truth, right, as if it were the greatest thing um, that is in front of us instead of just taking the cupcakes that uh, many <laughs> try to throw at us that are laced with things we don't need. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, you you mentioned something before, uh, so uh, I'm just hanging out here, dude. Is, we have a call or not? Oh yeah, no, no. He he said he may be able to. He, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. We, right. we we had a caller okay. text All us right. and asked That's us if cool. the line was open, but okay. he he has not called in yet. Joe's, right. Joe's on standby if he okay. does. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, just <laughs> I just need some clarity. I don't want to start talking again uh, <clears throat> if if we're waiting on that. Um. Okay, so here's what we want to do. We want to we want to look at what this means. Um, how how does faith happen? All right. Well, scripture is, is pretty clear. It says faith comes by the hearing of the word. So we know that uh, we have to make some inferences there. So if, if faith comes by the hearing of the word, um, how does that work for a a deaf person? 
Um, so okay, well I'll just answer it myself. Um, I'm writing I'm writing it down. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I, I I'm, I just, I'm, I'm just, in the middle of it, man. Okay, so so you know it's it's I, I'm, not, I'm not it's a rhetorical thing, but think about that. So it's not just your ears, right? It's, it's not about it's about the physicality. It, walk by faith instead of by sight. You know, not by sight. How does that apply to a blind man? So it's it's not about your physical eyes. It, it it is, but it isn't. It's about your physical, your five senses. So in other words, your faith can grow uh, with Braille. You can feel, you know, the word. So it, it, the point is, is you have twofold uh, Jesus going on, right? We talked about this last time. Jesus is essentially two things to us in this capacity. He's not here in front of us physically. You know, watching The Chosen is fun because you can kind of imagine. And uh, I think the guy in there is a little bit too tall, but uh, <laughs> he's a good Jesus, right? And I'm, I'm just trying to be funny. But the uh, it, it's good to imagine. Then you can grab hold of it and put it in your heart and experience it, just like when you watch The Passion. You know, we all know Jim Caviezel isn't Jesus, but he did a good job, and uh, it was it, it was very very honoring to God, I believe. So, you need to understand your five senses are how you take in the world, the physical world. But that is not the ultimate reality. The physical comes from spiritual, so there is spiritual start and finish. The physical is the in between. Most people are focused on that. So the antidote to everything physical is the bread of life. Jesus is not here in front of you, but what is? Jesus is the bread of life. He is the Word, and these things are in Scripture, so they are connected. They are one and the same. It does not mean that the written Word, um, it doesn't mean the ink and the paper are something you need to worship. It's not the Father, Son, and the ink and paper. Mm -hmm. it, It is the Word, the bread of life that you take in physically. So you walk by faith from the outside in. Everything physical, whether you're blind and deaf or whatever, you still need to walk by faith, not by sight. You still need to hear the Word. It just means you take it in. You eat it. You eat the scroll. You take it into your inmost parts. It means you get it into your heart through the five senses. It could be me talking to you or you talking to me, but it starts with the Word, the physical Word. So mostly we see that in a Bible. Some people have it in electronic form, and it's uh, that's fine too. But or listen to it, whatever. But it it is the word. So when you are taking the word in, what you are doing is you are communing. You're eating the bread of life. You have to think about Jesus that way. Instead of the Bible being some dusty thing that you've got to hurry up and read, uh, you have to commune, and you get to. So you want to eat the bread of life. Now you know one of my thoughts about this is a lot of times, it, it, you know, you, you won't uh, devour it until it's the only thing left in the cupboard. So if God has to remove everything from your life that is physical so that you will devour the bread of life, then he will because he loves you, right, that much. Um, so think about this. So when you think about studying the Word, taking it into your heart, the way we teach it is you experience it, you imagine it, you go there. So what that means is you are communing, right? It's not crackers and grape juice. 
it, it, that's good too, but that's a sim- symbol, just like a water baptism is a symbol for a spiritual baptism. Uh, so, you know, anyway, think about that. That's one aspect. The other aspect, and, and we can, you know, I can shut up, but uh, the other aspect is the implanted word. That is God's spirit, or Jesus, spiritually in your spirit. Okay, so you have both of those working together. So you you take him in physically uh, through uh, the word, through studying, through engaging it, digging deep into it, being hungry for it. And what happens is uh, the still small voice becomes uh, you become more and more sensitive to it, and you grab hold of it, and uh, you start to know what God's saying, and it's confirmed by the word. All right, so that's what I call communion. It's better than crackers and grape juice, all right? It's like the difference between spiritual baptism right after Pentecost, if you will, uh, or Cornelius's house versus getting dunked in the water, which is good. Jesus said do it. We, we need to do it, right? But we need to take communion. But We have to really commune. When we do that, that's how our faith begins to grow, okay? So if you want true wealth, this is where it starts. Right, you can jump in at any point. So I have a question. Can someone influence their own hunger? I'm not sure I understand the question. Can can an individual influence their own hunger? Someone who goes, I hear you, but I struggle with engaging the word as if it's food, meaning the, the connection point to be that hungry. I mean, I know in my own life, for example, testimonially, uh-huh. I reached a point where I just said, man, I want everything this book has, but I don't believe that I personally influenced that. I believe it was a drawing of the Holy Spirit, and I just listened to co-labor with him on that adventure and spent the better part of five years really diving in and studying and studying and studying. And that hasn't stopped. All those seasons have ebbed and flowed with the depth of that study, et cetera. And so, you know, there's a lot of folks that we walk with, and I think potentially, you know, um, someone is is trying to kind of, um, then maybe they want to step into this, but they mm-hmm. find themselves kind of, you know, uh, not just how as in what to read or like how to get started, but the the hunger, right? It feels like it may be absent. Is there something someone can do? And a lot of times you said, you know, God will allow the things, the other things you're hungry for to be removed because you're relying on them for him to become the only bread left in the cupboard. So I was just curious if someone can influence it or if it's up to the drawing of the Holy Spirit. How does that work in your well, perspective? What influences your stomach? When, you know, if you don't eat, you get hungry. Uh, you know, I, I don't really understand the question. You either get on with it or don't. And if you need pain to do that, then God will give you pain. Here's the point. The point is uh, we've got to get a revelation that God loves us, but we've got to get past that. Our faith, this is the whole show right here. This is the point. Our faith grows when we feed it. When we feed it, if you don't want to feed it, then don't. It, you know, I don't, I'm not going to try to make you. I'm not going to beg you. I'm just trying to tell you what I've lived out and, and been through and how God did it in my life. And if it just applies to me, then I'm the only one. But I doubt that because God's no respecter of person. So, you know, you have to make a decision at some point, all right? And uh, I would say you did, and I did. And, and you know, God will, will uh, get us to that point. Uh, he's faithful. But here's the point. You know, God loves you, but more importantly, he is faithful to you. 
So your faith is knowing, recognizing that he is faithful. That's what faith is. It helps us see things the way he does. But people got to get past just the fact that he loves you. There's people we love that we don't want to be around. God is faithful to us. That's what faith gets us to. That's what deep faith, real, true, wealth faith is. When you have that, there's nothing to fear. You can go to the wall every time. You have nothing to lose. And uh, it, it, it's, it's stifling. Uh, <laughs> it, the antithesis is stifling. People live in fear. So you've got a few corrupt people holding captive and sway over this entire planet, and it's divided, which is exactly what the enemy's doing. And you can't see it if you don't understand what real wealth is, and it is your faith. And if you say you're faithful and you don't go to, to, down this path, then you know, you're stuck with what you got, which is in and out, in and out, in and out, over and over. Why do you keep saying the same things to me over and over? I can't fix it for you. I can just tell you the truth. This is what you have to go from, just recognizing that God loves you, which he does immensely. That doesn't go away. Um, he loved the people that did not get on the ark. But Noah knew that God is faithful. That's the difference. So you, if you think things are supposed to be logical and they fall into this humanism, you know, medicine, all these institutions, sports, all this crap that is collapsing, and even this model of church, uh, <laughs> then consider Noah. Just think about it, right? If you don't know the story, then look it up. It's more important for us to get beyond the fact that God loves us, to get to the, to the depth of that he is faithful. If you know he's faithful, if you know it, that's faith. You're relying on his faith now, not your own. You can let go of everything, and you can have fear of nothing. Then you can get on with it. I think uh, uh, to provide further clarity to my question, it ties back into what you said. Faith comes by hearing of the word. So for the person out there who's saying, how do I grow my faith? How do I? And we're saying it comes by hearing of the word. Well, there are people who have been in church their entire life and heard the word, but their faith isn't growing. And that's where you said so powerfully, it's not about hearing with your natural ears and seeing with your natural eyes. It's about hearing with the eyes of the heart. So if you've heard the word, right, for years and faith isn't growing, it's possibly that you're, that you're using the wrong approach as to how you actually hear the word, going back to taking it in, you know, to your inmost being and learning to feel it. And again, I'm just trying to reconcile this idea of someone who's been around the word and heard it, but still stagnant in faith. And I think to that point is we have to understand that what hearing the word actually means is not having it read to you on Sundays or not even reading it rotely, you know, in your own study time. It's actually digesting it and feeling it. And when you begin to hear the word that way, that is what grows your faith. I thought that's what I said, but apparently it's not. I appreciate the clarity. Yes, it, it, it's, it's, you, you're not going to just magically get it. You have to engage it physically. You have to. You eat physically. Where does it go? It goes through you. You, you know, if you don't want to eat when you're hungry, uh, you're going to stay hungry. You're going to starve. Um, <clears throat> so 
it's not, this is not rocket science. It's simple. And if you can't see it right now, it's like saying the divorce rate is so high. Look, is this working? Is this thing that people do working? It's not. I've been saying this forever, but, but it's not, it's not about me saying it. It's just, uh, you know, it's frustrating, but, uh, look, you are his plan. You cannot get rid of his spirit in you. He says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. doesn't mean you can't walk away from his presence when you sin, but it means that you're a new creation and he will never leave you. So his spirit in you is illuminated. You pick up on it much more. uh, You're much more sensitive to it when you take time to engage the word physically. Yes, you have to read it or hear it or put your braille fingers on it or taste it. I don't know, but you have to engage it. You have to be willing to do that. And if you're not, then you won't grow. And that's what I'm saying. So it's not about me making you hungry. It's about you deciding that you're sick of the way the world is and you're ready to grow. Well, I think to that to that end, too, what I'm trying to, and I'm trying to extrapolate, man. I'm your advocate. I'm the audience's advocate. I'm not trying to like counter or like anything. You know that. So what I'm, what I'm saying is, is people have been spoon-fed the gospel for years, and they've not understood what it means to hunger for it. And so they go to church and sit there with their mouth open like a little baby bird waiting on a mom to regurgitate some junk into their mouth, and they think that they're being fed when, when that's actually not what eating the scroll actually actually means. And right. so I'm trying to break down these institutional understandings and these old mindsets to come alongside what you're saying to put it in context so that people don't continue to participate in old systems. Let me go read the most recent popular Christian book. Let me go listen to the most popular Christian sermon. Who is the prophet that has the most recent word? Get your rear end into the word of God and let it consume you. Right. Let his spirit overwhelm you. Stop relying on other people to feed you. Yeah. Doesn't negate teaching, doesn't negate prophecy, but we have to approach it from a different perspective, and that is the, that's the bottom line, first step of faith. Yeah, that's right. So, so you, you, can't, you can't bear fruit if you're not communing with God. You have to commune with Him, and that is you have to treat the Word like it's food. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not magical. It starts physically, but you have to engage it. What well, you find the way, you find the the version you want, but you have to do it. If you you it, it, you won't grow if you aren't doing this. That's my point. So, but where you grow and what it looks like is that you begin to recognize not just that God loves you, but that He is faithful mm-hmm. to you. God is faithful to you. This is something to me that is life changing. Uh, you know, I don't know, but uh, no, I, I, and I'd love that thought. Yeah, I was yeah. trying to reconcile the first step in my in my own mind and heart. And what you said about uh, Noah on the ark, he loved the people that didn't get on. Yeah, it, yeah, that's right. And he was he was ultimately faithful, but they were unfaithful because they didn't listen. Noah was the crazy one. Noah knew that God was faithful. David knew that God was faithful. Daniel knew that God was faithful. This is the difference. It's not about knowing God loves you. It's about knowing that God is faithful. So when you lose your job, when you stand up to these idiots who are trying to put crap in your body and freak you out over it, you know, when you go to the wall, whatever it looks like, like I've been to the wall many, many times with my family. So I'm speaking from 
real life experience and it's, it's prepared me for this moment. So, you know, it, it, it's just the truth. But the people that recognize that God is faithful are the ones who prevail. The people that just hang out and know God loves me and maybe and hopefully and they're begging him, that's tentative. That's not real faith. You're not really honoring God. It's, 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 it's kind of double-mindedness. So what happens is, and I'm not beating anybody up. I'm saying, come on, you have this in you. Go. If you don't go now, when things look the way they do, when will you go? Hmm. You know, so, but, but just think of it. Your wealth is your faith. Faith is the wealth right now. It is, it's where it's at. Hmm. <laughs> you know, if you're looking for something to invest, invest in that. And if you don't believe, then that's fine too. That's your business. But if you do, then you, you have got to go all in on this because it's the only way to uh, get to the place that you were born for. And, uh, you know, it, not everybody's meant to lead in this moment, I guess. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just, all I can do is look at it and say the way to honor God is to commune with him. He will give you the faith. He will build it in you when you do that. And then you can bear fruit, which is, you know, the things that you begin to do every day. Does it honor God? These are questions and markers. Does it honor God? Does it help people? And does it satisfy your soul? Those things um, <clears throat> will always remain just out of reach. You won't have the full capacity of your identity um, if you don't start with recognizing that you have to commune with God. That's the point. That's your wealth. I'm giving you the first step instead of just talking about dreaming and all those other things, which are really important, I'm saying here, here's where it starts. Um, take the word in as if it's food as if Jesus is standing in front of you talking to you. That's an experience. That's not happening, so dive in, and he will illuminate it. And it is a spiritually digested thing. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about every hero of faith, and ultimately there was a moment in the life of every hero of faith where everything they were dependent upon was removed, and they had a choice. <clears throat> do right. I continue down this path of dependency on other things, right. or do I depend fully, completely, totally on God? And, and again, you know, we, we talk a lot about painting pictures and challenging people to go to places and actually visit it emotionally to see where your heart is. And, you know, and, and each of us in our own story have had instances where things we've depended upon were gone. And those, those moments of desperation where something you thought would never happen mm -hmm. has happened, you know? Mm -hmm. Something you depended on is right. no longer there for you. Mm -hmm. And that leaves you at a moment as, do I choose God in that moment? And, and so for now, for somebody who is holding on to their wealth, their finances, their job, you know, their political affiliation, their whatever the case might be, the church they grew up in where their grandma, you know, his name is on the side of the wall, whatever the case might be. Go to the place where that thing is no longer, and where does your dependence fall? And that, to me, it goes back to the text that we have that says, you know, um, we, we need to applaud God when he begins removing the things in our life that resist him, that we have to get excited when he's removing the things that resist him. And we have to have that kind of humble heart to say, God, remove everything that resists what you're doing and saying in this moment. Yes, that's right. <laughs> um, the, the, look, baby steps 
you've got to get excited. Spiritual warfare is not just walking around the city and praying. Okay, I'm all for that. It's not hiding out and praying. It's time to get up and move. So what that looks like to me, in my view, it looks like you have to stand up in your heart. If you, you, you don't need to just let people tell you what you need or where to go or what to do. And in the, the quickest uh, thing to, to, to get a hold of is does it give you peace or not? Mm. It's very simple. So you do have to take dizzy steps. You, it's like being in a hurricane and saying, you know, I'm not going to move or I'm not going to be stopped. I'm going to move forward. That's what we need. And if that means getting out and doing a prayer walk, then do it. If that means going down to your school board, then do it. If it means uh, starting with, and I believe we should start there, your time with God, then do it. Don't let something talk you out of that or some great thing. That's the greatest thing because mm-hmm. what happens is you become faithful knowing that God is faithful. You become faithful to him simply knowing, knowing, knowing that he is faithful to you, and it grows. In other words, you're trusting him. You're trusting his faithfulness. That's what it is. I know, you know, I don't know if this is registering, but this is so powerful and such an important thing. But, you know, it, it, at least it was for me, <clears throat> but it's really important because people, I don't hear people talking about this stuff. So, but look at it another way. The way that God stabilizes you is you outgrow fear. It's not by, um, uh, you know, underst- just having some kind of stirred up courage in a moment. It's not that. It's about understanding the mission. You are his plan. He set you in motion. You're here for that reason. So if you get fired or you run into problems or, you know, don't have food or whatever, uh, <laughs> You know, we stand with you, but it, I know how this feels. So you have to get up. Instead of complaining, you have to stand up and jump into your arms, your father's arms like a happy child. You have to get excited about it. That's spiritual warfare. And that doesn't happen if you don't have the foundation of, of the Word underneath you. To, to When you see things around you physically going on, you, you know the Word uh, it, 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 it guards you. It, it protects your heart. It renews the mind. What does that mean? It means you don't stay up night worrying about, where am I going to go work or who can help me do this? What it does is it, it, it bolsters your, your it, it strengthens you and you go, yeah, my God is faithful. Hmm. Whatever I ask for in prayer, he will do it. He's my God. I'm excited. I'm going to stand up for him. Take away whatever you want from me hmm. and I will stand up for him. That's faith. Yeah. But you also have a childlike spirit where you get excited about it. That's that's the good stuff. Hmm. So, you know, be thankful for all things, in all things. I mean, th- 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 these aren't suggestions. I just had a weird picture of the three little pigs, uh, fa- fairy tale, nursery rhyme, or whatever. And, you know, it's just, it's again, it's strange, but I'm going to share it because I think it's a great picture for fe- people to grab hold of. Mm-hmm. Think of the three little pigs and the big bad wolf. Mm-hmm. The first pig built his house with straw, the second with sticks, and the third with bricks. And so ultimately, when when you look at what's going on in the world around us, straw houses and uh, stick houses are completely being blown over. 
But faith is the brick house that will always remain. It's the rock. This is essentially the gospel, right? Right. All else is shifting sand. And so as you learn to live by faith, as faith becomes your wealth, as it is your currency, you have a brick house that is truly unshakable, regardless of how uh, hard the big bad wolf blows. And and the big bad wolf is all the stuff we mentioned in the first segment right now, and it's blowing and it's blowing and it's blowing. And we have to recognize the wolf and understand that the wolf is there to still kill, destroy. But our house is built upon the rock, and that rock is faith. And that is the only thing that will withstand this season of storm. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, but but uh, you got to know you're a lion and you got to go at the wolf and you do that by going, <clears throat> you have nothing. I'm getting on with it, and I'm going to be excited about it. So it's not just being uh, sturdy, and it's being excited. It's being joyful. It's moving forward into. That's the rock. That's Jesus. When you think about Jesus, that's his personality, right? That's what lives in our spirit. But we can't understand that or engage it if we're always distracted by everything else. So <clears throat> when you know he's faithful to you, it doesn't matter. You know, I'm not saying, uh, you know, I know a lot of people are in a different place, but I'm not saying uh, go out and, and just uh, be silly. I'm saying, you know, if not now, when? This is it. This is your moment. So take a step. This step may be dizzy. That's good. Make it a baby step. The, the real question is, does it give you peace or not? It doesn't matter if it's logical. Does it give you peace or not? And you can go after it several times, and God will continue to give you peace about something he's leading you towards. Hmm. But if you don't have the word, then you can get way off track. Yeah. So the word, the implanted word work together. You become the conduit, the vessel. He works through you, and it, it just unfolds. You don't have to worry about what you're going to eat. You don't have to, why would he put breath in your lungs and not food in your belly? That would be an evil God. So you don't worry about the, the breathing unless you're, you're in the freaking hospital gas chamber these days. But we don't typically walk around worrying about breathing. But yet when it comes to food, we freak out about it. Oh, no, how's this going to happen? I'm saying take your eyes off that and get on with why you're here, knowing that God is faithful to you. He put you here. That's the way to honor him. That's the way to grow your faith. And uh, that, that's the point of that is true wealth. Because when you have that, you don't need anything else. Yeah. But God will give you everything else. That's how it works. Yeah. Hey, Joe, when we wrap up here, go ahead and throw that uh, image on the screen. Uh, friends, we want to let you guys know about um, our We Are Fearless movement. This is a combination thing with our nonprofit, the Life Center, as well as uh, the Fearless Trading Company, which is our new entity. It's a coffee subscription as well as apparel. We've got a lot of really cool things coming down the line here. Um, but this is going to be kind of a signature shirt for us. It's on our live stream for those who can see it. It has our Fearless Trading Company trademarked logo uh, with the lion face, and on the back it has the lion face with the We Are Fearless. This is something Kevin saw very vividly that he uh, put together in a design, and we're going to be having these ready for pre-order here literally within the next uh, week to 10 days. And so, Kevin, any final thoughts on that as we close up today? Uh, well, just uh, thanks for listening and uh, <laughs> getting through today. Um, the uh, Fearless thing is uh, it's meant to encourage and it's meant to uh, help people, and that's why we created it. So. Yeah. Jump in if you want to help. Let's go. 
Guys, get plugged in. Uprint.life forward slash fearless. Got a lot of exciting stuff coming down the pipe. Thanks. Have a great day.